Welcome to Profiles, a three-part podcast that dives deep into the lives of promotional products professionals. Profiles is brought to you by Promo Plus from Promo Corner. Promo Plus is a collection of distributor tools designed to help you market your business. Four tools in one dynamic package for just $20 per month. Visit promocorner.com slash promo plus to start your risk-free trial today. Hello and welcome to Promo Corner's new podcast, Profiles, where we'll be talking with longtime industry professionals about their experiences and their take on the promotional products world today. I'm your host, Steve Woodburn. This month, we're featuring Teresa Mosant, owner of Mosant Promotional Products in Oklahoma City. Teresa has been recognized during her 30-year career as a distributor with, among other honors, the 2010 ASI Woman of Distinction Award, the 2016 PPAI Distinguished Service Award, and most recently, she was the 2021 inductee in the PPAI Hall of Fame. Ours is a business hit unusually hard during recessions, and especially the recent pandemic. So I asked Teresa, what's been her biggest challenge? Well, I'm from Oklahoma, and Oklahoma definitely has uh, the oil boom and bust. And uh, 2009 was not a good time for the oil industry. But um, and at that time, we had one oil company that we were doing close to a million dollars worth of business at that time with that one company. And if nothing else, we learned from that the importance of diversifying. And I don't want to be just all one industry um, related there. And you can pull through. Uh, I've learned when somebody's suffering, there's somebody else over here who's benefiting. And you just got to figure out um, where the business is there. I do tell you there are two industries that I found that are pretty much recession proof. And they are credit unions and electric co-ops. I don't care what happens. Uh, those two have, and I have a lot of business in those areas, that it has maintained our business. So diversifying is extremely important. I don't think any, any industry is recession proof. It's just like what we're going through right now. My home builders and um, those guys are, are doing extremely well right now. The real estate agents are doing extremely well. So you've just got to find who's doing well. And having those conversations, people will tell you. Um, where the business is. A common theme among almost all successful people is the fact they've been mentored and are themselves a mentor to others. And Teresa is no exception. And the lessons learned from her mentors are still relevant today. Because I am where I am today because I got mentored by some very, uh, very good. And in those days, they were guys. They were guys. My first job uh, I was the advertising manager in the Oklahoma, Tulsa area for Target stores and had the good fortune to work for a gentleman uh, who today I would say I'm most like him because he um, delegated everything. He wanted to be out in the field with the people. And he used to just tell me, Teresa, just handle it. If we don't get it right, hey, it's no big deal. I'll take the blame and we'll move on. And then he would tell me his four store managers what their skill set was. And he goes, hey, and at this time, it was Mr. Peisner, president of Target Stores. He would call because my boss was, is, was his uh, protege. And he would call and say, Teresa, I need Bill to do this, this, and this. And Bill said, don't wait till you, because we didn't have cell phones then. Don't wait till you get a hold of me. You know which guy's best. Just call and tell him to do it. And I really think that's where I learned a lot about delegation there, looking for whose strength matched what it was there. And, and Bill, Bill was just, Bill taught me so 
much there. And then I went to a company called TGNY that uh, the president of the company, Mr. Dan Kelly, um, and I, the story I tell on him first time that I met him, um, I remembered him as the big store manager at the local TGNY stores that I shopped at. And I remember, and I said something to him about, because he's a big guy. And I says, oh, you were the guy that used to, to run the store when I was a little girl. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, you're probably one of those kids I watched for shoplifting. But we had a great bond. And I found out later that uh, he had a daughter that was my age who could care less about the business. And so he sort of adopted me like his daughter. And he put me in meetings that I had no business being in, but he wanted me to learn. And getting in those meetings and getting that exposure was so uh, important to my success there. And there were many other people along the way that, um, you know, there was another time at Mr. Rex Stringer, I would, he was a, a regional manager of TGNY stores and he would tell me stuff. And when I'd be mad about something, I'd go down to his office and he would try to calm me down and try to explain. And I can remember walking out of his office and just rolling my eyeballs saying, oh, he doesn't get it. And then a year, year and a half later, I'd be driving someplace. I remember one time walking in the middle of Love Field in Dallas and I was like, oh, that's what Mr. Stringer was talking about there. So some of that was a delayed learning process there, but I got where I am because those people invested in me and I have a debt to pay. And what does she think is the most important thing to do as a mentor? Don't do it for them. Encourage them to take on the challenge and let them know you're there for any advice. You know, uh, call me if you get, if you stumble, it's amazing how many people now that I, um, I get asked to be on boards around the city and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm full. I'm, I'm, I can't take on anymore, but I can recommend somebody and I'll, and I'll tell them, I'll call that person. I'll say, Hey, this is a good one for you. Take it and know that I'm here to help you. And I didn't recommend anybody that was a, you know, a slow learner. So truthfully they get in there and they really don't need me but they keep me informed and uh, it's a great relationship. Um, there, I often get young people who say, oh, Teresa, I just wanna be on a board, help me. And I'm like, well, what, what are you interested in? I don't know, I just wanna be on a board. And I'm like, well, okay. Uh, you know, I just, I, and I jokingly now, I say, well, you know, I'm getting old and I'm really sort of losing my contacts there. And, um, you know, but now same, another person, same day, who tells me, yeah, I wanna be involved in the Homeless Alliance, and is a lawyer, I mean, I can pick up the phone and I call Dan Strong, our head of our homeless alliance here in Oklahoma City, and say, hey, Dan, give this guy a run. Don't put him on your board, ask him to do something for you. And if it works out, hey, go with it there. So I really enjoy making those contacts these days. But occasionally when I just see that somebody's, yeah, I just, I play the old card. Yeah. I've learned that I only invest in people who invest in other people. If you're one of those all about me, I'm sorry. Um, you know, we're, we're just, we're, our chemistries are not going to work well. And I, I tell you the story there. I had a, a, a young man that I met about 15 years ago. I met him down in the basement of a major hospital in Oklahoma City. And uh, he was just, he cared so much about his people. And his people cared so much about him. I mean, I just, I'll never forget observing that. And I looked at him and I says, you know, Richie, one day you're going to be running this place. And here about three years ago, he got named to another hospital's uh, presidency. And I sent him a congratulations card. 
And uh, he picked up the phone and he called me. He says, Teresa, I remember 15 years ago when you told me I was going to be running this place. And that's when the light bulb went on to me that that was what attracted me to people is I had to see that they cared about other people. Yeah. And even with kids, my little grandson's friends that I, you know, I'm very close to my grandsons and I see those kids and there's just certain ones that are more willing to help others. And that's the kid I'm going to invest in. Yeah. Just as baseball great Yogi Berra was known for his yogiisms, Teresa is known for her Teresaisms, which she likes to share in the education classes she teaches. One of her favorites is, if I had more time, I'd let that bother me. Oh, that's a lifesaver. That one is, uh, I, you know, I, you know, the guy that pulls in front of me in the parking spot. I know I'm right. I know I'm supposed to be there. Okay. But I'm not going to wreck the front end of my car to prove the point like that. So I've learned to say to myself, oh, if I had more time, I'd let that bother me. And the real story, and there's just so many things that happen. Just learn to say that. If I had more time, I'd let that bother me. Because the real world is, you know, I, I'm a nice person. If a person's a, a, a jerk to me, they're probably going to be a jerk to somebody else. And I'm going to let that person who has more time knock the heck out of them there. So just learning to say, if I had more time, I'd let that bother me and walk on because it's not important. I don't take other people's monkeys is another of her sayings, but what exactly does that mean? I gave, used to give a seminar. I think I've done it two or three times in the industry. I read a book called The One Minute Manager, and it talks about um, how what hurts most of us. And the story in the book was there was this gentleman who owned his own company, and on Friday afternoon, here comes in four sales reps, and they've all got a problem to dump on the manager, okay? And the manager says, okay, I'll check into it, and I'll get back with you. Now, he goes into the office on Saturday morning. He's the only one in there, and he looks out over the golf course that his company has built over this golf course. Here's just four sales reps out there playing golf. Well, he's trying to figure out their problems, and he decided, I'm not taking their problems anymore. Monday morning, he gives it right back to them. And the thing is there, you can offer to help people. You can give advice, but don't take the responsibility for the project. And uh, my kids often laugh because if they're standing by me and somebody's trying to dump their monkey on me, they will literally see me drop a shoulder because I'm not taking that monkey there. So just learn to... You're, there's there's no benefit to being the savior, okay? Be there, offer them advice, uh, spend a few moments with them, but don't take the monkey. At one of the sessions, I think it's one in Atlantic City I did one time, um, one of the companies did uh, monkeys for me to hand out to everybody at the sessions. And so uh, I'll be walking the show on the on the in Las Vegas and somebody will say, oh, there's the monkey lady. There's the monkey lady. Uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Then there's the hit ballad from 1978 that Teresa says changed her life. Oh, that that there's a song, Kenny Rogers by The Gambler, uh, that changed my life. Um, and what it was, I, up till about age 26 or 27, I would have fought you on anything. If I was right, and no, I'm, not, I'm not quitting. I, I would spend hours to prove you wrong. Then I heard that song. And that song was basically, you know, know when to hold them. Know when to let them go, you know, know when to play them. Uh, a lot of times I used to speak a lot down at uh, University of Oklahoma. And that song I would close with. And those kids knew that song. 
and you could see their faces as they were because we used to play it twice because by the first time I just played it the second time they wanted to sing along with it but you could just see from their faces where the they were getting it they were understanding it and then right after I had learned about that song I met a guy that was a pool player professional pool player and this guy told me that sometimes you let people win and they'll take you for granted and slack off. But when you really want to win the big one. I really want to sell products that have logos on them is something most young people have said never. Fortunately, though, people do find this industry. So I asked Teresa what she would tell someone just starting their career in the world of promotional products. That's a tough one. That's a, a tough one. They've got to find somebody that will help them. And if that means joining your local association, I think back to the five or six multi-line reps that I met at my first PPAS, that's the Dallas Southwest organization that I uh, started out with. They were people that I could call when I couldn't figure it out myself. And through that organization, I met other distributors that we built a relationship. So I don't think anybody gets in this business and really does it alone. You've got to have... Um, Somebody to bounce ideas off of, to ask questions, um, build some build some connections there. You got to build, but you got to have uh, you got to have guts. If you can't ask for a sale, hey, this ain't this isn't your business. This isn't. You got to ask. Sometimes you have to ask two or three times, but um, there. And you know, it's interesting. I've mentored a lot of young people over the years, and today when I meet a very young person that I know needs help. But a lot of times it's a sales rep that comes into our office and I can identify where they need their help. I pick up the phone and call one of those individuals that I helped years ago and say, hey, remember when I helped you? This kid needs a little help. And because they are the person who they are, they're gonna help that one. Even the children of those in this business don't always dream of taking over for their parents. In Teresa's case, Hot weather and two little ones were among the reasons her daughters chose to come on board. No, 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 no. Uh, one of them, uh, my husband died very unexpectedly about 14 years ago. And one daughter uh, who was with a company and they wanted to move her to Houston and she hates hot weather, uh, declined that and came to work for us. And she's really the one that's very operational, does the operations. The other daughter was... Um, a sales manager with and a, a district manager with Abbott Laboratories. And we never, ever, she was living in Chicago and Phoenix, and we never, ever thought she would be a part of the company. And after my husband passed away, um, she had two little ones, and they had just moved back to Oklahoma City, and uh, she was traveling a tremendous amount. So she would come in and help us solve the technology problems on weekends and what have you. And so finally, she, because of the little ones, she made the decision to come on board with us, but uh, they've got the skills. See, my husband, I was always the, my husband was the operational, uh, the financial person. I was the build the business, you know, if, if it be, I can sell anything, but your bills would have never got paid. So it's, we made a good uh, combination and the girls are the same way. They are, uh, they've got that skill set. As our industry begins to rebound, we face many challenges, some of them self-imposed, which Teresa talks about in part three of our interview. Also, how volunteering and two old men sitting on a porch are similar, and how her young grandson already understands that Teresa is one of those people who knows people. 
From all of us here at Promo Quarter, thanks for listening to Profiles. I'm Steve Woodburn. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Profiles. Join us again as we continue to explore the lives of people who have impacted our industry. Profiles was brought to you by Promo Plus from Promo Corner. Promo Plus is a collection of distributor tools designed to help you market your business. Four tools in one dynamic package for just $20 per month. Visit promocorner.com slash promo plus to start your risk-free trial today.